Speedy Chipper. And I'm Jen Northington, and this is Tarvalin or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. Prophecy is most dangerous when you try to make it happen. Did you not learn that in Tear? The pattern weaves itself around you, but when you try to weave it, even you cannot hold it. Force the pattern too tight and pressure builds. It can explode wildly in every direction. Who can say how long before it settles to focus on you again? Or what will happen before it does? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Ominous. Yeah, I'm here for like doomsday or more rain. <laughs> She's so pissy in these sections. Oh my God. We'll get into it. So as you might have noticed, we're rereading the books in honor of the TV show adaptations release. We're talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments and we're digging into all things Wheel of Time. And before we get into our chapter breakdown today, we do have some pre-discussion notes. The first is that if you are a Patreon supporter, side note, thank you. <laughs> we we were beginning to suspect from all of this, all of the stuff that the Wheel of Time on Twitter account is putting out there that a new spring is going to play a role in some of the stuff in season one. We don't know for sure, obviously, but like, we have some inklings based on some character choices. Uh, so we put up a poll about whether or not y'all want like an in-depth dive into New Spring. And the reason why we're not just <laughs> doing this is because both of us are still mad that Robert Jordan wrote a prequel before he finished like, the actual like, book. Can I just... So like setting the stage, there were nine books out. Yeah. I believe it was nine books were yeah. out. Right? Mm -hmm. Because like this that. came out before the 10th book. Yes. So there were nine books out. It was like 2004, I think. <laughs> and and Robert Jordan and Tor Books had the gall <laughs> to say, hey, you get a new Wheel of Time book. By the way, it's a prequel. And no, we will not give you anything else. And I, w I think I was like, I was in college. I was an undergrad yeah. at the time. And I was furious. <laughs> and so one day I went to the Barnes and Noble and I sat down and I read the book in the Barnes and Noble and refused to buy it because I was so angry. I still haven't read it because I was oh, just really? like, that's not, no, I have never read it. I don't know anything. I mean, I know it's about Moiraine. That's literally all I know about it. I read it, but I don't, I haven't read it since because <laughs> so, I still was just like, what the hell? We're carrying some like, I old, know. <laughs> like 20 years worth of baggage about this prequel. So I know. anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're leaving it up to our Patreon supporters to decide whether we do like a skimmy sort of light, maybe one or two episodes that's just a book club hit the high yeah. points, you know, the big picture stuff, or whether you want a full on chapter by chapter deep dive into it. Uh, so right now the votes are pretty even, actually. So your vote yeah. does matter. Uh, <laughs> yep. Your vote does matter. It really does matter. <laughs> so, if we, I do want to say, if we do the chapter by like the, the yes. intensive close reading, which we do with the regular books, it won't start until January. Yes. We um, will we postpone will... the fires of heaven. Exactly. And do new spring instead in starting in January. And then once we're done with new spring, we'll pick up fires of heaven. Mm -hmm. So go vote uh patreon.com slash tarvalin or bust and you have until what like a week basically and then we'll announce the yeah. winner on the following episode so like safely get your vote in by you know monday november 15th and uh or no the 21st even 
Yeah. Today's no, that's not no, right. No, that's not right. No. November. Yeah, let's say November fifteenth. Let's that's say November fifteenth. That's a week from ish today. Yeah, yeah. So get your vote in by then. How does time work? And we will <laughs> announce on the next episode what the plan is for yeah. January. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other quick thing we wanted to say is the Wheel of Time Twitter account has been releasing stuff like left and right. Jesus, like so it's much like stuff. almost too much stuff to keep up with. There are yeah. like teasers about it. And it's some of it's like a little more information than I even really want. Yeah, from the show that because like I kind of just want to watch the show. Right. Um, but instead there is, of seeing a billion teasers about yeah. it, yeah, yeah. But I do understand because like there are people who have no idea what this thing yeah. is. Like I've talked to a few friends who have never, never heard of the Wheel of Time, and who I am trying to be like, yeah, watch the show and then talk to me about it. Like watch the show, right. read the books, you know. Like join us in this fandom. Um, so I understand what they're doing. They're like seeding the market, but it's a lot, and I don't think we want to go over every little thing. No, but there's one thing I did want to note. So a couple days ago, uh, they released a lot of like kind of channeling-y posters where you can see the way the source works mm. um, and with all the characters. But it's the way they broke up the posters and the tweets that I find very interesting. <laughs> Preeti is now close reading tweets, by I the am, way. Close reading marketing tweets. There is the first one is Rand, Egwene, Perrin, and Matt which makes sense. Um, and then Loghain gets a poster. His all whole, on his own. Yeah, his whole own tweet. Like his the other ones tweet. are grouped together. It's like four yeah. of them. Because then, then it's um, and then Moiraine, Moiraine, Lan, and Nynaeve have the other tweet, which yeah. also makes sense based on what we know about the books. Yes. But this Loghain one is giving me pause. And the tweet was like he proclaimed himself the the Dragon Reborn. Mm -hmm. And I just am I'm so curious because we know from the tea some some of the teasers he's playing a bigger role. And it's just I'm very curious because I don't we've just gotten to kind of his reintroduction in the story in this fourth book. What book are we on? The fourth book. And so I don't remember a ton of like how his actual story goes, but there's a lot that happens with him off screen in those early books that that I that we're clearly going to get some of it on screen, which is I'm kind of excited about. Or 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 oh. I oh well I can't say I remember some things about his later storyline, and I wonder if they're going to accelerate and like. There's a couple. Ugh. Oh, now I'm having all these dangerous. No, don't say it. Don't I'm tell not going to say any of it. I don't anyway, <laughs> I'm curious what they're going to do with him. And clearly, he is a much yeah. bigger role than you know a reference. He's a reference point. We see him once in the first three books, and that's yeah. purportedly season one is like mostly book one, a little bit from books two and three, maybe also some new spring in there, like. So what? That's what? why, right? That's why I think we're gonna see what is what happens off off screen. Kind yeah, because he is like only, this he, book. Like this book and series needed more POV I, character. I know it's true. <laughs> they said, you know what? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> let us let us oh, let us complicate this further. <laughs> Although, to be fair, like, book one is basically all Rand with, like, a little Perrin. Right. 
so like fine <laughs> oh lord well i guess we're we're gonna find out one way or the other oh man okay so there's that we'll we're so close and <laughs> 10 days away now from from the oh, series. Is that right? Can that be true? It is true Goodness. November 19th. Um yeah, we're very close. We're very close to the release of this thing that I genuinely never thought was going to actually <laughs> happen. Uh, all right. Well, shall we get into it? We are only doing five chapters today. Start yes. your timers. How long will it take we'll us to get through I don't that? think I, okay. I will say, granted, I was like super tired yesterday. <laughs> Daylight savings time, like my brain, not mm. good. Um, and, but I was reading the chapters yesterday and I was just like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> There's, I have some notes. Okay. <laughs> I don't All know right. how long it'll okay. take us to get through them, but I have some notes. Yeah, I have some underlines and some <laughs> stars, I guess. But all right, chapter 49, Cold Rocks Hold. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, this is so stretched out, y'all. This like it's journey ridiculous. that they're taking oh from one place to another through the waste. Like, it's Avienda like... continues to tutor Rand. The traitors are shady. Like, this takes for freaking ever. It takes forever. I like. Oh my gosh! So we they're they're at Cold Rock's hold and idly. I do love this idea that everyone's like, we're here. And Rand looks around. He's like, where? <laughs> yeah, this is a Rand POV. P.S. It's a Rand POV. That did make me laugh. I still, <laughs> I will say, even I'm still, we're like four books deep. I don't hate Rand. I'm still mostly on his side. Yeah, same. I like still very much see where he's coming from like mm-hmm. 90% of the time. Um, But so they like get there. It's, there's some like, it's a this is I feel like Rand's POV is a lot of like noticing the people around him. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of why I was like, okay, like he's like noticing that Moiraine is upset about something. He's like noticing the way Egwene is engaging with the Aes Sedai. He's noticing the way Ruark looks. And it's we do get a decent amount of Avienda in Rand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think, let's see. So Matt is still in denial about his memories. He keeps making random references and then being like, I didn't say anything. Oh, but that's that's a couple of pages in, isn't it? Oh, that's the next page. Yeah, it's the next page. Yeah, um, sorry. I was like, because there's this whole part where he's, where Avian, they're like bickering. But mm. I did like this line she says um, where she like, he's like, you should like get on my horse. Come on. It's fine. <laughs> and she's like, ugh, Fine. And she's kind of like, you're going to make me look like a fool. And Rand is like, why? Like, I've seen the other people ride. Like, I don't understand, like, what your problem is. And she says, you accept changes more easily than I, Randall Thor. And he's like, what? (laughs) And I just liked that. Like, like, I liked that moment a lot of this recognition of like, yeah, Rand, Rand has to accept change. <laughs> he is changed. Like, he's like change incarnate. Right? He's literally there to change everything. <laughs> but I like this moment where he's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like kind of telling them how he has to enter this place like barefaced. Like you it's a lot of him like stumbling through um 
and then there's some there's some stuff with Kula Dean. Mm-hmm. Did you understand this? Where Kula Dean has like he's like so amused by something? No, I I mean obviously I have no idea. I I think my guess is that it's about Avienda being on the horse and he's like because we know that the Shido are not super into change either so maybe there's like some significance to this that he's like oh she does look like an idiot in his weird brain oh yeah maybe maybe okay because she's kind of like fool yeah but Rand is also like maybe it's about that maybe it's not so like who knows what Kuladin is thinking and then we get them be bad yeah whatever it is that's right whatever it is is gonna be bad and then we get this moment with Matt being like oh this is very defensible except it's nothing on you know the stone or Torah Harad Torah Harad Rand's like like, the what what? (laughs) he's like nothing I don't know (laughs) just something I heard I know, I love it. Like, and then like Matt keeps dropping hints of like, when do you think the peddlers are leaving? When are the peddlers <laughs> leaving? Do you think they're gonna leave soon? He's so subtle. Like so subtle. And Rando does not pick up on it. And he's like, I don't know, they're probably gonna stay for a while. Like, <laughs> they wanna make some money with the aisle, right? <laughs> um <laughs> and then there's this whole sequence with all this sound as they're coming into uh the the hold or whatever. Mm. I liked the idea of this more than I think I than I liked the execution. Because mm. it just felt like, again, like maybe it's because I was so tired yesterday, but I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, like everybody's like shouting and banging pots or whatever. And it's a, apparently a tradition that you make a lot of noise and... I think that's I mean I'm I'm here for traditions I guess sure. I guess I sure. you know I think the thing I liked like most of my notes about this chapter are like oh this is interesting like we get yeah. it's yes. our first Aiel settlement and we get this look at like because all we've seen of them so far is the warrior version of the Aiel and then Ruidian which is obviously not like the run of the mill only clan chiefs are allowed in mm-hmm. there and you know wise ones so we've seen sort of the exceptional moments of the Aiel life but we haven't seen their day-to-day and so this is us getting that day-to-day now would I have liked to get here faster absolutely yes does Jordan belabor this a bit also yes yes. answers are yes on all accounts but there was this very sweet moment right so like the the settlement is like there's greenery that's like Mm -hmm. a bustling sort of town with like stacked housing that I think we can sort of picture based on some um things we've seen and maybe like the the more arid parts of the United yeah. States. Um mm-hmm. but there's this wonderful moment where Rand is like looking at like vegetables and fruits and wondering yes. what they are. Yeah. And he, he and it's like he had been too long a farmer not to wonder and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> farmer Rand. Farmer Rand is curious about fruit." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cute. cute. It is cute. It's cute. Right? And then they like sort of walk to um this woman who is standing and waiting for them. The roof mistress. The roof mistress. Yeah, and we get uh a ritual, a welcome ritual which mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, which is very serious. Which has yeah, it has very serious, a bunch of significance. You know what it made me think of, actually, even though it's not the same kind of is ritual, it, is the Travelers. 
Yeah, I was like, is it the Tinkers? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I wonder why they would make me think of Gee. each other. <laughs> but it is, it is, it's not the same, but I think Jordan is very smart in the no. way he presents it because it, it does very much echo um, a similar sense and a similar sort of like feeling without being exactly the same interaction. Like I'm not even talking about the same words, but just the exact sort of same same interaction. There's like yeah. a... There is like a, a musicality to it and and a sort of like you memorize these words and the the phrasing has significance, which is really nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. The specific words have significance because we see, you mm-hmm. know, Ruark, who like lives here and is the clan chief, says and one thing. And is her one of like that's one of his wives. Yeah. Lena. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was a little bummed here because it seems like that I'll have polygamy, but not polyamory, which would have been more interesting to me. I agree. But perhaps not a thing that Robert Jordan knew anything about. I don't know. So anyway, uh, also but yes, Rourke... possible and probable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rourke has two wives and um, and like Rand is like kind of still catching up to this even though he's been told like a thousand times at this point yeah it's it's, a thing (laughs) it's pretty funny but like right before we get to that so Ruark and and Leanne have this like wonderful like very sweet interaction uh and then she has sort of a more business but also still friendly interaction with Heron who's the other clan chief but Mm -hmm. then Kulidin comes up and tries to ask the same question I ask leave to enter your hold roof mistress which is something a clan chief would say and everyone's like, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> like, uh-oh, that's not okay. And so yeah. Avienda, like, Rand doesn't know what's happening, and Avienda is explaining. This is actually a little info dumpy, right? Yes. It's a little, yes. like, let me explain to you what is happening. And mm-hmm. so Avienda is saying, like, she, we don't know, like, what the options are, right? Like, what what is she going to say? And she sort of, like, puts him in his place, but in a way that he cannot, there's nothing he can do about it, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah it's very cool. Right? It's like, very it, cool. It's, it's really fun. And But there is this great moment when Avienda is explaining where Rand's like, Avienda thinks I don't know shit, but she doesn't know anything about anyone else. Right, <laughs> right. I just yeah. really liked it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. So we have that interaction. And then Rand does his thing. but And he's been told to do it a specific way. But, of course, he decides he's not well, going to so, do it that way. Yeah, because he says, and this is important, I think, right? Like, Avienda has told him how to do it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've taught you how to do it. And everyone will see how I've taught you. And he gets off his horse and he thinks, I am not idle. I do not understand them. And I cannot let myself become like them too much. I cannot. Mm-hmm. And so, no, not to become like them, to like them. Oh, I cannot come to like them. them. Excuse me. I cannot come to like them too much because he's going to destroy them. Yeah, it's sad. Oh, God. And so he, like, shows up (laughs) and and bows and, like, does this whole thing. And everyone's like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And Avienda is, of course, like, super pissed off. (laughs) But Leanne's like okay with it. She's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm into this. <laughs> right. Right. And she acknowledges him as the Kara Karn, which is important. Very, very important. 
And then everyone's like, yay, okay. And of course, Kula Dean is like super pissed off because yeah. he's this also this like simmering rage with Kula Dean, I have to say, has become quite tiresome. Mm. Like it's like every new instance, it's like we get it. Like we I know who this man is. You don't have to keep telling me who he is without moving that piece of the story forward at all. Yeah, yeah. Very it's true. It's belaboring the point, Robert Jordan. <laughs> what? Robert Jordan never belabors the point. That would he would never <laughs> do that. <laughs> never. And then there's this like absurd. The, I got a little mad at this. So like, Matt is kind of like, you better watch your back with Coolity, and like, I mean it. Which I was like, Mom, Matt. <laughs> um, but Rand, Rand thinks. Moiraine to one side and Lanfear to the other. How could I have more danger than that? <laughs> and I was like, are you seriously, <laughs> genuinely comparing Moiraine to one of the Forsaken? <laughs> like, I, and there's something he says a little while later, which like, fine, I get it. But like in that moment, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I actually have notes about this in the next chapter, too. Like, the, it is both understandable that he doesn't fully trust her, but the lengths to which yes. they do not communicate and do distrust each other are infuriating. It's, it's, uh, it's like reading a YA novel and you're just yelling at the teenager to talk to their parent. <laughs> yeah. Just talk to your mom. And it makes sense in a YA novel that the child may not trust their parent enough. Right. Like, you have to remind yourself, like, I, it is not an adult reading a YA novel. Like, for a kid reading a YA novel, like, yeah, maybe you're not going to tell your mom about the issues you're having because you're embarrassed or, like, whatever it is. Right. But Moiraine, right. you're a grown-up. Yeah act like it yeah and you know rand also has learned a fair bit about the world at this point and like but i think it's i i don't know i guess it's just because she is so she will not tell him things and like at what point is that a hindrance to your plan well exactly exactly so i I, it is or i actually it feels more to me like some of the romance novels i've read where i'm like just have a conversation like just talk to each (laughs) other you have this like big misunderstanding that's preventing you from being together but if you would just talk to each other for five minutes you could work this out instead of like all the posturing and like assumptions just come on just just have (laughs) a conversation but then we wouldn't uh, have a plot, we, so <laughs> right there, there might not be a book then. Right, but this right. is this feels like a plot hole to me. Like this yeah. feels like characters who at this point should have evolved to something a little different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. instead, and again, we haven't, we don't get very many Moiraine perspectives. So we, I wish we got more of them, honestly. Because it would make some of this a little more palatable if it was more than just she has to keep it secret. Right. Right? Like, it's it, okay. We know you don't think you can trust anybody, but, like, Rand is the one. Right. Right. Like, Give a little come to on. get a little. Exactly. Like, buddy, help yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Then we get this moment of, like, um, with the wives where Rand... Mm-hmm. Rand realizes the sister wives thing and there's some like light misogyny which is great yeah uh 
but then they're like, Avienda, did you not tell him? Did you not prep him? And she's like, I did. It's not my fault. He doesn't listen. And then Rand <laughs> randomly is like, no, 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 she's a good teacher. She's a good teacher. She's it's, it's my fault. But he's like asking himself a lot of questions in the midst of it. Right. He's like, what is hand talk? What is this? Why? There was actually a lot of that in this section. I felt like more so than usual. Yeah. Which felt important. Um, but he's just like, yeah, I, w- I want to keep her as a teacher. Like, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Ugh, which is going to get interesting like, later on. <laughs> it, it will. Um, then they get into like one of the rooms which i thought i thought the room the description of the room was interesting because it did this also felt like in terms of the garishness like kind of traveler-esque um mm. they're like they said he says there was vivid color everywhere there are all these different pieces of like things that they have taken from their various like excursions etc mm-hmm. uh but it, it did feel it it again and he even says it could have had the garishness of tear or the tinkers, but instead it seemed dignified, formal, and informal at the same time. So like it's very deliberate, these like connections that Jordan is making without making, which I like. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So let's see. Then they go through the guest gifts and I don't know. Oh, Moiraine and Lan come in. There's a bunch of talk about that. Of like the excessive like we failed you and maybe this means right. we're gonna be okay again like again which we have seen before um yeah. there is this great moment where Moiraine is like I'm sure there will be more eyes to die coming and <laughs> all the wise ones are like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment <laughs> I do want to talk about this so they have a meal together and everyone lies on their stomachs to eat which like, I know there are many different ways in which cultures around the world eat food. Mm-hmm. But it was just very, like, I liked the description of, like, everyone was lying on the floor with, like, it was like a wagon wheel. Yeah. Like, their legs are straight out. They're, like, lying on cushions. It doesn't, it feels like it might be a little difficult, but, yeah. well, which Matt struggled with. Mm-hmm. And Lan was like, what? This is, I'm cool with this. Like, it's right. great. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we get a description of the food. Mm-hmm. Avienda is, like, deliberately being, like, extra annoying just to be annoying. She's mad at Rand for not listening, I guess. Yeah. And he, to his credit, at this point, he does try to have a conversation. Yes. He's like, I don't know what I've done to you, but if you hate this, like, you don't have to do it. And this is where I'm like, oh, Rand. Yeah. You're trying. Right. And she's right. just like, you didn't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this moment where she's like, you can do whatever you want. Like, I don't even care. It's not like, and she's just like, basically like refusing to engage with him on the level that he wants to engage mm-hmm. and from behind her Matt is like rolling his eyes <laughs> and it felt like a very real moment between three young people which I liked I was like this is fun yeah is absolutely again like a, a decent way to do an antagonistic relationship yes that actually works yes agreed 
Hardcore agreed. I love how Rand's response to her refusing to actually connect with him on this. He's like, I'll get her a bribe. I'll, I mean, a gift. <laughs> I mean, a but gift. it's a bribe. It's definitely a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then there's like conversations about which Isle Chiefs may come and what's going on. And Rand is like sort of distracted by the guy Shan who is there. And Matt tries to engage with her because he doesn't understand and hasn't tried to understand the society at all. Right. Like, ugh, it's just like, it's just so, there's like so many, you know what this is? It's that this chapter is like all about logistics. Yes. And it's kind of boring. It is. It is. There's a bunch of discussion about like how Rand wants to go to All Care Doll sooner, but they're like, no, you have to wait because if you get there before anybody else, those other people will be shamed. So you have mm -hmm. like you have to wait a month, blah, blah, blah. And Rand is just like, Ugh, I don't want to wait a month. But it he does say I did like this moment, which feels like very much him shifting perspective of like in real life it really occurred that way even for a tavern with prophecy supposedly working for him yes. and i want to be like why do you think that the prophecy is working for you like what <laughs> what has been the sign would you say that things have worked out for you <laughs> Because I don't know that we have experienced the same story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think at this point, he's trying to make the prophecies work for him rather than... He is. Like, he's, he is. he's trying to get some agency. He's trying to get his feet under him. He's trying to, like... That's why he's been studying them, is to sort of try to figure out yeah. how he can use them to achieve goals so that he doesn't just feel like he's being pushed around by the White Tower, by the wheel, by whatever. Mm -hmm. No, that's by the true. Forsaken. So, but I, but I agree with you that the phrasing on this is wrong because, like, they have not actually been working for him up to this point. No, so this is all like speculative. <laughs> like very much, very speculative. Yeah. And then there's like, which aisle will stand against me? How many will be for you? It's mm -hmm. like this very long-winded way to be like, I don't know, some, some might. Right. Like, right. Mm, I don't know. And, and there's no real, like, I just, like, I feel like the whole point of this thing was to be like, we don't know what's going to happen is going to happen, but it's like 10 pages. Yeah. I, I, we did get some names that, because I remember, I know they're going to be important in later bits. So, like, in amongst there, there all of the, of like, names. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say. There are so many names here. I happen to remember a couple of them and like, oh, that person's going to be important. But they're buried. Them, so. they're, yeah, they're buried in this like, well, and then this person and then this person and then this person. I and do. You're like, All right. We used to, I remember like while we were waiting for the series to finish, like I very distinctly remember joking with friends being like, yeah, when you read a Robert Jordan book, like, he'll give you, like, all these characters and one guy will show up on one page and then all of a sudden, eight books later, he's the most important person right. in the world. And you're like, I do not remember you. <laughs> and Robert Jordan is like, how dare you? <laughs> I told you on page 815. Like... <laughs> 
so this chapter is like wrapping up, but there is this moment where like Moiraine, who has been there the whole time and has not super been like engaging, but has clearly been listening, hmm. has noticed something Rand said. And so she says, where do you mean to lead the spears to war once more? And Matt's like, oh, shit. And Rand's like, fuck. And he says, like, trying to be clever with her was dangerous. He should have learned that long since. And then instead of answering, he's like, I'm going to take a walk. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) But this is like in it's it's at the top of chapter 50, I think, where you can see that comparison between Moiraine and Lanfear, where he's Mm. coming from. Right. Where Mm -hmm. he says, if only he could trust Moiraine not to hand him to the tower on a leash. He had no doubt she could do it without using the power if he gave her an inch. Um, And then he's like, he could use her. Light, I'm as bad as she is. Use the aisle. Use Moiraine. If only I could trust her. Like, he wants so badly to have her in his corner. And she's just not giving him what he needs. And whose fault is that, right? Right. I This is where I had the note that it, it kills me how little they trust each other at this point because like mm-hmm. this could be so much better for both of them. And yes, she is the one who has to give here. Like she's just wasting yeah, so much she, time she trying to terms. like... Yeah, and she's like browbeating him and it's not working and she refuses to change course is what it seems like. Which again, I don't know how in character that is. I agree. I don't think it's in character. I think it's done out of necessity to the plot, and that's where I get frustrated. Yeah. Like, I I don't think it makes sense for her on page 818 of the fourth book of having been around Rand and, like, watched how he is engaging with this role he has to play for her to just stay the course of, like, well, I cannot be honest with him. I have to try to manipulate him. I have to continue to try to manipulate him. Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Because she's been smarter than that with yes. other people. So Yes, I yeah. agree. Uh, let's see. So then we get Rand sort of exploring and looking around. We see Aiel who aren't warriors. We see like farmers and, you know, craftspeople and children and just all kinds of different people, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It is. It is nice. It's there's not a ton like um he kind of sees like what the peddlers are doing and the gleeman. We still like don't know who these people are. There's still mm-hmm. something ominous about them. It's still annoying that they're there and we don't know what they're doing there. Um, he finally decides. I did like this part where he like figures out he like approaches these maidens and starts talking to them about he wants to get a like he wants a gift for um, Avienda, and he asks. He's like. Like, when they find out what he wants it for, they're like, oh, no, we're not going to, we don't need your money. And he's like, is this wrong? Like, I just, I don't want to misstep. I want to understand what I'm doing. And then they don't mm-hmm. tell him. No. <laughs> well, because see, what he says is, I don't want to dishonor her. And they say, it will not dishonor right. her. Which is I, like. But, like, he doesn't know. No, I know. I know. And they, like, know he doesn't know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then he has to like like I did like this where he he has to like take a sip of tea and say remember honor with like 70 maidens yeah. and he just does it. Yeah. And I'm just like you poor boy. 
he's such a good he's still a capital g capital k good kid like he really does want to do the right thing and when he has these like very quiet small human interpersonal moments you really see it come out it's like very very sweet yeah i'm just i'm so i'm like preemptively so sad when we are going to get to the point where you're just like oh brand because i know it's coming i don't remember why yeah but i just know i just know and i'm like so sad about it yeah um i also like that they very quickly give us like like the in on what actually was happening with that maiden thing and it's that they approve of his potential interest in avienda (laughs) as a romantic partner and he's like what <laughs> and then she's like, "You can't, yeah. you can't take it back." Because <laughs> right. she's like beating rugs as punishment for like not teaching him well enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love that Rand's like, like, and, but she does like apologize to him yeah. for like being rude during the meal, basically. Even though she's still, like, really mad about it. But he thinks Mm -hmm. that, like, upset, appalled, even furious, but not hateful. That was better than nothing. She might become civil eventually. (laughs) It's like, oh, buddy. It's a low bar he's shooting for here. And I approve. I approve. (laughs) I know, right? Like, this is the only interesting thing, like, for for most of this until we get to, like, the big stuff. Are these like little human moments that he has that I I just like I really like them as these like lovely little character moments. I just really feel like it could have been tighter. Yeah, yeah. So then so he goes inside and he finds the wise ones and he has this exchange with them where he's like, you know, I know that Avienda is spying on me, right? And they're like, yeah, we know. Like... (laughs) fine and they they go back and forth about it. he's like well why do you keep her here if i know and they're like well why do you keep her around if you know i and know very... <laughs> i liked it it was kind of refreshing for them to just like right they're actually being very honest with each other it's like it's quite nice because like we never get this like kind of level of like, can we just put just put all your cards on the table? Let's just let's just do it. Yeah. And then they talk themselves in circles. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I really did not like there's like page like eight the bottom of 822. Melaine starts to say something. And I think yeah. it's pretty mm-hmm. clear that the thing she's saying is like she'll put Avienda in Rand's bed if she has to and I'm just like could you all just have some fucking boundaries please like this is so ugh. just like stop trying to manipulate everyone all the time forever huh I did not read it that way but that makes more sense than the way I read it oh how did you read it I thought she was like all I, I thought she was just be like uh, basically i was like she's threatening him oh is how i read it because she's so angry about it yeah <laughs> like whatever I- your blood in your face you have no feeling for us i will make you know our blood for yours if i have to lay the and i just assumed that would 
end in some kind of violent way. No, I'm pretty sure it's like if I have to like lay the girl in your bed myself is where I is Ooh. the way my brain finished that sentence, which is but like no our blood. I, I, for I don't yours. think that's like, wrong. Yeah, she's trying to like make a real connection here, but the way she's going about it is so I just Not can't. Great. I can't. I can't. So anyway, that's and that's my- and they're angry like. Bear and Cena are are generally like mm, you. You should not have. You yeah, should shut, not shut have. up. <laughs> shut shut up, Melaine. Um. Oh yeah, because like, what was Melaine willing to lay in order to make him know their blood for his? You're right. Yeah, he's like, how and could then- laying something make him decide he was Isle? It's so overdone. Like, Robert Jordan's, like, having Rand think, like, what sorts of things do you lay? Hens lay eggs. Like, it's so stupid. It is. He is tired, to be <laughs> fair. I He does say that. It's like, he's very tired. <laughs> Just feels like an excuse for Robert Jordan to, like, really poke at that. But there is, there are these, like, there are, there's this through line for both these Rand POVs where he is literally just asking himself a lot of questions that he can't answer. And I think that frustration really builds nicely when you pay attention to that fact, right? Like, you can see how he's getting to where he's getting when you look at the way he's thinking to himself, which is very different than how he has previously. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then we get a sexy dream for Rand. Ugh, yeah, but it's like annoying sexy. Yeah, no, like, I'm not. I'm not here for it. I'm not here. Like I wrote, ew, no, and then underlined the word consent. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, no thanks. The most so like he's like freaking out about Elaine and Min and Avienda, and he's trying to get Avienda to come in the water, and he's like, I can't love both of them, but where did the word love come from? And just. It's all weird. And then Lanfear shows up and is like, oh, is this what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like mad about it. And she's like, I should. And she like gets in there and she's like all around him and she bites him mm-hmm. to like mark him. I don't know. It's all really gross. Uh, and then another Forsaken shows up. Yeah. And they have this fight. It's like a dude, but he's all blurry. Rand can't really see him. Mm -hmm. And they're having this argument. And she says to the guy that Rand can't see, you fear risk as much as Mug Hedian. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to stay, you want to hide, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the guy is like, well, if you can't control your appetites, why should I associate with you at all? And they're clearly disagreeing about like some pact they have made. Mm -hmm. And then. And then he wakes up and he's like, uh, ordinary dream or more than ordinary dream. And sure enough, he's bleeding. So yep. he was in the dream world. Weird. Yep. Not it's great. like, it, 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 I guess what's important is it's showing us again, this like sort of fracturing between the Forsaken and that the Forsaken are not this united front. They are mm-hmm. individual and have individual goals. Um, I will say he's like, a cold smile crept on his face, traps all around, traps her unwary feet, have to watch where I step now. And I'm like, why won't anyone teach him about Teleran Riot? <laughs> Seems pretty important. It's a good point, actually, because surely Moiraine knows he's having yes. realish dreams. I don't know if Egwene knows or not. I don't know, but Moiraine does know that he has 
stepped into Teleranriod, at least. Like, yeah. just based on the dreams that he had in the first book. Like, she knows that. Right. And she knows Egwene's a dreamer, and she knows the wise ones know about the dreaming world. So you're absolutely right. Why is nobody teaching him? Like, this is such an oversight, Preeti. I don't even think I realized until you just said this, but now it's was, really going to bother me. I was so mad on his behalf. Like, how dare you not yeah, teach him? Seriously. Because then Im- immediately after, like, he he thinks there's someone in his room and it's Avienda and he, like, ties her up with the power because he doesn't know who it is and he's, mm-hmm. like, terrified. Um, And they uh, and it's because – and it's this moment where she says, uh, the wise ones are taking turns watching over you from the outside. They meant to continue watching you from – and he's like, from where? And then he realizes that they were dreamwalkers. Mm-hmm. And like, how long have they been spying inside my head? And I was like, ask them to teach you how to control this, sir. <laughs> yeah. And again, no boundaries. Like, they think it's perfectly fine yes. to yes. invade his private mental space under the guise of, quote unquote, protecting him. Like, no, no, thank you. Nope. <laughs> um, And then he gets the sense, like, you know, he's asking, like, how long have they been doing it? And and she's just, like, kind of like, I don't understand why I'm even here. Right. Uh, but in the midst of this, he senses something. Um, and so they start running. And this is a scene that I actually kind of, like, for whatever reason, this scene really stuck with me from when I read it when I was a kid. And so I kind of remember this. And I think it's because I was like, Dracula? what (laughs) like in the middle of wheel of time i did not remember it at all and my notes are just like in giant letters vampires exclamation mark exclamation mark like right like i remembered this i didn't remember exactly i just remember being so thrown while i was reading this because i just was like what where did when did vampires come into this so didn't we have a drag car sequence did. before with my rain, right? Yeah, but it was like it was oh, when they were no. on the run. Yeah. Like mm. right after leaving Amon's Field. And it just kind of like swoops in. It's like a big Batman thing, right? Yeah. But wasn't wasn't there a scene where she's like at a cottage with two oh, brown Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's, yes. It, it, but it's, you know, it was a it was a long time ago. Yes. And it was just that one thing. And we haven't really seen the drag car since. So, yeah, this not. is extremely Dracula. Is it me. is extremely. <laughs> like, red-lipped mouth open in the parody of a smile showing sharp teeth. Like, the girl on the ground yeah. with, like... Like, it's just, like, so hilariously, like, <laughs> white, white hands reaching for Rand, the long, slender fingers tipped with, like, is this Twilight? Like, it was just, like, this hilarious passage <laughs> in the middle, like, the drag car's kiss that killed and worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm just thinking about the Twilight comparison. <laughs> Are they sparkly? Like, what? <laughs> oh god oh uh, lord Whew. so rand kills the drag car though yep. but then there's 
the and there's an there are more of them and they are coming for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they see one of the wise ones has been killed by a drag car, yeah, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Cena, who we we didn't really get to know all that well, like she wasn't a big presence, which I right. feel like that's why Jordan was like that one. Right, well, that's fine. Yeah, one of um, the guys Shane and then and one of the wise ones die, mm-hmm. and uh... there is this like gross thing where he like like fire comes out of his like fire sword and it's like the stooping drag car exploded in a rain of burning chunks that fell into the darkness below and it's like oh <laughs> gross no thank you so uh, then <laughs> then they hear trollock howls so they know that like trollocs are also involved yeah but i love this moment it's like <laughs> matt like Ruark is there like with his veil on he's ready to go and it's like Matt's like doesn't have his coat on or his hat he's his shirt's not tucked in he doesn't really know what's happening but he has his spear in hand <laughs> um but Rand has this great line where he's like because the they said like use the shufa or whatever and Rand's like they they hunt for me let them see my face and then it's there's a lot of like unsettling laughter yes. towards the end of this chapter so he's like they can't find me if they don't know where I am and then he like laughing he runs off yeah. toward the sound of battle and then we cut to a Matt POV thank yeah. goodness and Matt's just pissed off that he's awake <laughs> he's so mad he's like I love that like he's like fighting he, he's like pulling his spear out of a Trolloc's chest and he's like burn Rand <laughs> always dumping me into these bloody things I should have stayed in bed yeah. <laughs> he's like Alexander from the terrible horrible no good Mary Day. like that is Matt in this in this section it's so funny like oh. he hates everything he's so angry about everything and he's like so he he kind of stops and this this maiden is like wow you're pretty good at this what <laughs> well like what's going on <laughs> And so he's like, oh, they're obviously trying to get our attention to be here. Like, that's obviously what's happening. And she's like, whoa, are you like a, are you like a big deal battle dude or something? And he's like, I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like mad about the memories. Like, this whole thing is so funny of like Matt just like consistently complaining. Then he tries to like hit on, um, like hit on that. I send her it. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, what is her name? Uh, Isandra and it's weird like continues to be weird continues to be weird because she like doesn't even react to him being like don't worry I handled the Trollocs right and she just like goes inside and slams the door and he doesn't think it's weird he's just like oh girls suck right (laughs) it's like so silly uh, and then we get to see I'm I'm actually really glad we saw this scene between Rand and Moiraine between like from Matt's perspective yeah yeah and this is where she says the quote that we opened with at the top of the episode mm-hmm. uh, because she's like Rand like just talk to me like those drag cars were clearly here for you and he's like I know and they're both being like super calm and super cold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he they kind of sort of try to have this conversation right where like Rand's like yeah, it's as clear as most of your explanations. Like, what do you want? It's late. I'm tired. And she's like, just talk to me. And he's like, fine. You want me to talk to you? Why don't you tell me what's going on? Right. And guess what she does? 
she doesn't. Right. <gasps> yeah, it's uh it's pretty it's a it's a real bummer because there was such an opportunity here. And I think you're right. I think it's for plot reasons rather than character reasons that they continue. Because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Um, because of course she like she won't commit to it. She won't commit to not taking him to the tower. She's just like, I'll do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. Where what she could say is like, we both want what is best for the world. Like that's what right. we want. We want to make sure you survive. We want to make sure that like you kill the dark one and like we can have a conversation about it. Right. But no. But but no. And so to his like he's like, that's not good enough. Like, yeah. nope, it's not gonna happen. Um, and then Ruark comes in and is like, I feel like this is just beginning. <laughs> Pretty sure the next thing that's going to happen is gray men. So we're going to put a like 24 hour guard around you. Yeah. And and I, I do enjoy this moment also from Matt's perspective because yes. Ruark is like, uh, the maidens sort of randomly volunteered to do this, but I think <laughs> it's a good idea to let them. And Matt's like, boy, Avienda must be so cold. Like she's all hunched over and weird looking <laughs> right now. It's because she's hiding the, the bracelet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so good. And Matt has no idea what's going on. It's does not delightful. know. It's very funny. <laughs> um, but he also brings in like, brings up, he's bringing up like the tactical stuff too like which yeah. i kind of i like this i think jordan did a good job of like slowly building on yeah. like so where he lets the stuff like why did the what about the shido mm-hmm. um like don't you think it's better if we have them inside uh and then we find out that they've they've already left right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like they've already started towards that space and so now there's more of this sort of intrigue where Kuladin is gonna turn people against Rand and blah, blah blah. And Rand's like, "Well, I can't let that happen." Yeah, like we gotta, we gotta fucking go, man. Yeah, yeah. So he he basically says, like, "I know you told me that I'm not, I can't go, but I'm going." Like, whoever, I'll apologize to the people who get there after me. Like, I cannot leave him alone for that long. And like, I have to make new customs. Like he says again, like I'm here to change things. Like this is yeah. what it is. And then yeah. he laughs again. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like, oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is Rand's specialty at this point is like awkward laughter. Yeah. Turns out there's turns a lot of it. Out. And Matt keeps being like, oh, very unsettled by this. But like he asks like, Matt, are you coming? Mm-hmm. And Matt's like, I'm right behind you. <laughs> and that feels right. I'm so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then it ends with, like, behind him, he could hear Rand chuckling. And you're just like, Rand. Rand. Stop with the weird laughter, please. Uh, And then we're in Tanchico. With Elaine, who's trying to learn how to use in-book chopsticks, which are called Sursa. This whole food thing I actually thought was very interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So so they're in Tanchico. And Aguianin asks uh, the inn mistress or whatever, like, your land is at war with Eridoman. Why do you serve the dishes of your enemy? And there, like, there's this line where she's like, well, it's the fashion. You know, four days ago, this person started it. Now it's like everybody wants, you know, wants Domani food. I think maybe it is that if we cannot conquer the Domani, at least we can conquer their food, which is like such a 
I'm trying to figure out how to like say it, but it's such a an intense statement because it's true. Like you water down a culture, that culture disappears. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I was like fascinated by this like whole little section because it's I think something that we are going to see and something Jordan does talk about a lot and which I wrote about for Book Riot many, many years ago, which is cultural dilution and how that is effective at breaking down a community Mm, mm -hmm. and society. And Mm -hmm. this is just like a piece of it. And like, I don't know how much of it was like intense, like intended on his part, but I think at least we can conquer their food is a pretty intense sentence and a pretty like just it, it like struck me really intensely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's super interesting. Right. And we're going to see so much of how when you take a piece, all you just take these pieces of identity away and food is such a big part of culture. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And you minimize it. And that's that's also a way to win a war. Right. Oh, it's so good. Ooh. Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yes, yeah, so they're talking about, you know, the riots in the city and how and the, the like children. The panarch and Yeah, the children of the light and this and that. And. And it's just kind of like clearly like things are not going well. And like we know that the Black Aja has influenced what's happening. Right. Um, at the Panarch. And there, so like, okay, there is this repetitive refrain of seven days that happens over the next sex, like several chapters. Hmm. Like, so, uh, Agianine is there, and we have in the seven days since meeting the dark haired woman with her sharp blue eyes and, and slow drawl, they'd both come to like her. Which, again, I'm like, why are you telling this person so much information? Seriously. Like, so much information. But like, so there's seven days since they met her. Um, Later, when Nynaeve meets with Egwene and Amy's, it's they have seven days before they like reach wherever it is that Rand wants to go. Hmm. And Nynaeve is like, In seven days, we'll have done this. In seven days, you'll have done that. And then when we get to Perrin, even later, they have been fighting for seven days. Hmm. It feels very deliberate. I definitely didn't notice. <laughs> I, I very, very much noticed it because I was like, why is everything seven days? Like everything was seven days. And I was just like, why are you doing this, Robert Jordan? What I does ass- this mean? I assume it's because he's trying to like get us to understand that everything is synced up here because, you know, what Robert Jordan does, which is like everything takes for fucking ever. And then in the last two chapters, everything <laughs> comes together and happens all at True. once. True. So my guess is that he's starting to sync up the timeline. Yeah, I think you're probably doing right. It. But it, yeah. was, it was just like really intense the way he was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then finally... Like, they're telling her all about Aes Sedai, and then freaking finally, Bale Doman comes in and is like, what? <laughs> that is said, Sean. Yes, it's great. They have this fight. Uh, Bale Doman wins, and then Elaine, of course, has no idea why they're fighting, and so she uh, channels the source and weaves air around them and freezes them and you know Naivi is like how dare you like why did you attack our friend and like again and why did you hit him and she and Don is like she's shocked in you idiot yes oh and it's so intense I was like oh finally it's happening it's such an intense moment and then the way that 
I don't know about Elaine on this one, to be perfectly honest. I agree. Because Nynaeve has the reaction that seems reasonable to me. She's furious. She's like, she's suspicious. She's angry. She's full of questions and like how like how dare you and also like what are why are you you know grilling us for all this information are you just gonna try to kidnap more women who can channel like blah 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 blah. and elaine's like but i like her she's nice and i'm like oh my god elaine like even allowing for the idea that like yes again has been grilling them for information because she's trying to understand things that she has never before been exposed to and like is on a growth cycle but you can't see inside her head no you don't know that like it's so I feel like Elaine is way too down with this I agree I agree wholeheartedly like I feel like like Nynaeve's reaction and Nynaeve is so furious at liking her that also makes way more sense to me like this idea of like based on how they treated Egwene and based on what they did in Balm like there is no reason for Elaine to be so like wishy-washy about this yeah i agree a hundred percent but anyway they were like well what else are we going to do with her so they you know keep her in the room this is wild and then like continue to let her eavesdrop on all of these other things they're like making plans and like talking about things and she's just sitting right there like i feel like at this point they're like well we've already told you everything else like what does it matter like it's it's so they never it never should have gotten to the point where they were giving her all this information to begin with because that again does not make sense no from no. a character perspective so at this point i was like well it is what it is right yeah, like i guess i can't even be mad about it because i'm just like you created a circumstance in which this made sense yeah by having your characters act in ways that did not make sense right right and we do see again and being like i didn't understand about Aes Sedai. like you're not what i was taught you are like i like you and Nynaeve is like, who cares? Like, that's not what I'm asking you. Uh, right. Like, and I, I actually really hated this part of like, I understand, like you said, like this is an upward path for a Guianian to go on. And this notion of like, she's recognized, she has to like unlearn all this stuff. But I didn't like this, like, you have to prove your humanity to me before I will no, recognize you no, as human. No. I like felt it was so gross. Yeah. And, like, not a positive thing to be. I was like, ew. I still hate you, Aguinian. <laughs> right. Like, it's it's very, it's exactly like you said. Like, the fact that, like, you had, yes, that they had to show you, like, how human they are. It's like, it's another human being. Like, all human beings are human. Yes. The end. The end. Like, that's the end of the sentence. Period. Like, if you need proof of humanity yes like fuck off into the sun you are the problem here you are the problem yeah and then so there's just then there's just like pages of like julian 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 however you say it (laughs) jesus um so tired yeah, so all three of the dude, like Bale Doman came in in the first place because he he's like I found them, and then Julian comes in, and he's like I found them, and then Tom and then comes Tom in, and he's comes like I in. found them, and they have this like weird rivalry going on, and yeah. then they just like are they're not sure about Amathera, who is the Panarch, right? So um, they they all say that they're in the Panarch's palace. Yeah, they just don't know how infiltrate how much they've infiltrated like 
the government or like whatever it is. And uh, there are and white so, cloaks there too, which yeah. is weird that the black Aja and the white cloaks would be in the same place. So that's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of like going back and forth and inside and outside and like trying to figure out and confirm and like, it's just, it's, it's all a little silly. I feel it like is. this could have happened in a page instead oh, yeah. of like four pages. No, I and totally It doesn't agree. even like give us great character growth. No. Like, hmm, okay. And so they finally get to the point where they're like, okay, we have to figure out if Amathera is uh, a part of the problem or she's a victim mm-hmm. or like just in, like an idiot, essentially. Right. Uh, and so then they sit down and try to have a conversation about how they would do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for a really long time until they actually, like, don't figure anything out. No. And then finally they're like, I guess we're going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. there's some stuff with, like, Bail Doman being like, I'm going to get out of Tanchico because I feel like this is going to go the same way that Falm went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, smart, smart guy, Bail Doman. Yeah, he, he gets it. <laughs> um... Oh my god! And then they bring—it's really just pages of nothing because they the, yeah, literally is. the only thing that matters is that they found out the Black Aja is in the the palace. Like that's right. it, and it's like five pages. Yeah, yeah. And then they decide that they're gonna keep Aginan in the room with them when mm-hmm. they go to bed. Uh, Elaine has bound her with the power because Nynaeve is not mad enough to channel at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Elaine doesn't really want to, but she's like, I guess, which is, again, stupid. And then uh, it's Nynaeve's turn to wear the ring and meet Egwene in Tel Aranriad. So that's what happens yeah, so, like, next. Nynaeve goes to sleep. <laughs> there is this moment where Elaine is like, how are you so calm to Aguianian? And she's like, I'm terrified. Yeah. Like, I'm so afraid right now, but she doesn't show any of it on her face. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then we finally get to this. At least this chapter is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like these chapters were so, like, info dumpy that yeah. they just got, like, boring to read. Like, they were not fun to read. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and even this one, it takes too long to do the things that it does. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, like, this conversation, we get another conversation with the wise ones and Egwene and Nynaeve where the wise ones are like, oh, ho, ho, you don't know how to use Delaranriode. Right. We're going to show you that you don't know anything. And you're like, oh, oh we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a light conversation about Rand where Egwene is like, I don't know how to take care of him. And then there's the joke with the letter again, which is Again, silly. again. <laughs> and so finally, Nynaeve is like, is there any way I could figure out if Amathera is a dark friend or not? And she, Amy's is like, no. And then they like push and push and push and push because she's like, we have to do this. And so they were like, okay, actually, there might be a way, but it's super dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that takes pages and pages. So long. So long to get to. But it's actually, this is the interesting part, because Egwene actually did this by accident yes. at one point earlier. Yeah. So the thing that you have to do is think really hard about what it is that you need to find, and then, like, blindly move towards it so you're not in control of where you end up which could mean all kinds of horrible things in the world of mm-hmm. dreams um, but we did see Egwene do this before and obviously Nynaeve is like that's fine I'm fine to do that I can no do it no problem yeah, I'll do it <laughs> I'll totally do it yeah um so they have like just before they separate 
um, they have this whole thing with the seven days. In seven days, one of us mm. will meet you here again. In seven days, Rand will have shown himself to be to the clan chiefs as he who comes with the dawn. In seven days, Elaine and I will have taken whatever Leandrin is hunting away from the lot of them. Um, and so they're just like, these. this is, they're setting up their goals and what they're going to accomplish. And none of that's going to happen. <laughs> and then she has this kind of a side about like how she was like, oh, I didn't tell Egwene about a guillotine, but that's probably a good thing. Right. <laughs> and in this case, I have to agree. Yes. Uh, and she has that moment of like, oh, I'm so mad. But like, I get it. Why you're so mad. Yeah. In this case, a legit earned anger. Yes. Uh, okay. And then this is the cool part. So she yes. like. Fixes her face so she looks like Rendra. She has disguised herself. Smart. Um, because she's like, fine, if I show up and one of them sees me, they're just going to think I'm some random woman from Tanchico. And she ends up in this bedchamber in this, like, terrifying moment. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, where uh, clearly the panar Amanath, What's her name? Amathera. Amathera, whatever, mm-hmm. um, is like sitting in this bed, like all like not all there. And there's the like scary dark sister who is clearly like keeping her there. Mm-hmm. And then Amathera notices Nynaeve. And as the dark, the like black Aja sister is like turning her head to look at her. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. But we've answered the question as to whether or not Amathera is a dark friend. She's not. She's a prisoner. Yep. And Nynaeve is searching for the thing that can that they're that they're searching for. Like, what is the thing they want that can control Rand? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh, and then there's this wonderfully terrifying moment um, where she gets to this hall where there's like some kind of exhibition of all of these things, and she sees this woman. In like a very again like thin opaque dress because God forbid any of the Forsaken <laughs> want to wear like clothing, um, and uh, Nynaeve has this moment where she's like she's like tugging on her braid and she can't like she can't use her hands, mm. and it's really cool like this whole it's like so disconcerting and so unsettling the way Jordan has written it with like she's like has no control over her limbs and as she's this is happening she's starting to remember that scene with Mogedian coming in to like get Elaine and Nynaeve to just tell her shit. Yeah. 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 And she does, she breaks through the block and remembers yeah. everything. And she's like, Oh my God, I told her so many things. And meanwhile, she's still hiding in this exhibition hall while this woman is like looking at other things. And she, but she thinks Nynaeve thinks it's just a black sister. And right. this is where I was like, Nynaeve, <laughs> take a breath. Think this through. Because yeah. she's just like, how dare this black Aja sister do this to me? Mm. I'm going to get her. I'm going to reach <laughs> for the source. And thank God Brigitte shows up. <laughs> and is like, yo, hold on. Like, follow me. I'm going to talk to you. And Nynaeve still tries to be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to take this stupid black sister on. Right. And then thank God, like, Mogedian is gone. Right, right. I was like, you idiot. You better not try to fight a Forsaken in Teleranrio. Like, I will will. kill you. She will, though. But then, so, Mogedian is gone. So then Nynaeve's mad and he, like, goes after Brigitte. Yeah. And Brigitte's like, P.S., that is Mogedian. And also, you almost ran into Asmodian back at Ruidian the last time we talked. And Nynaeve is like, what? what? <laughs> what? 
say what now? Hold on. Hold on. I, what? Right. <laughs> and then she's like, what are you, what, what is your deal? And we get this whole re-explanation that we kind of got actually already with Brigitte and Perrin. Where she's like, well, I'm not supposed to interfere, but I kind of, like, you are interesting to me, and I don't want you to get hurt, so I'm, like, doing what I can. And then but we get little it. Kane we... shows up to yell at her. And Well, yeah, because we don't, I don't think we got the, like, dead, those of us who are bound to the wheel are not dead as others are dead. Where better for us to wait until the wheel weaves us out in new lives than in the world of dreams. Right, that's true. We did not get that piece We didn't know that. So we yeah. didn't know that the way these heroes work is that they just kind of hang out in Teleran Riode. And that they can die in Teleran Riode if they're not careful. Right. Like, right. if they are not careful, like, they will screw up their whole purpose, which is to either be around when the horn calls for them or to be put back into the pattern. Right. Um, because, like, yeah, so she's telling Nynaeve all of this because she says, like, I cannot touch the world of flesh unless the horn calls me again or else the wheel weaves me out. If it did at this moment, you would only find an infant. Uh, and she's like, I told you, like, She's like, I'm nothing special. Like, I am just a soldier. The only reason at Falm that the power didn't touch us is because, like, we weren't really there. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah. And then Kane shows up and is, like, refuses to engage with Nynaeve at all. <laughs> and I did like kind of the way Kane and Brigitte interacted. Yeah, Because yeah. they clearly, like, this is, like, a really lovely story, right? Where she's like, we always find each other. Mm-hmm. I hate him at first. And then we get married. and it's it's clearly like there's a lot of uh love and understanding between them like this is probably a fight they've had before they'll have again like it's very and he's concerned for her because apparently mogedian threatened her the last time they were both in the same place and so he doesn't want her to get hurt so all very understandable can i just tell you i've been holding this book in my left hand (laughs) and like trying to like read stuff and i just my hand is pins and needles (laughs) It's so chunky. It's so, it's like when I, I was reading the last book on the subway in hardcover because it was like yes. when it just come out and I dropped it <laughs> on the person sitting in front of me and I have never felt so mortified. I was like, I am so sorry. Your knee is going to hurt tomorrow. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry for that aside, but my hand is not feeling good so (laughs) Brigitte then gives us more information about Mogedian which is kind Mm -hmm. of what we got from Rand's dream a little bit of like Mogedian is very risk averse which I Mm -hmm. understand as a millennial (laughs) Um, she only attacks when it is a hundred percent sure thing Mm -hmm. but she is like she is the one you don't want to face in Teleran Riode yeah, I liked this bit about how, like, Lanfear always says that the world mm-hmm. of dreams is hers, but, like, Mogedian can do things Lanfear doesn't even know. Right? Terrifying. Yeah, super scary. Like, so, so scary. Um, and then we find out that Mogedian had uh, threatened Brigitte specifically. Mm-hmm. She promised to make me weep alone for as long as the wheel turns. She said it as a fact that simply had not happened yet. And now I'm like, no. I love you because there's this like very sweet moment where she's like I'll do what I can but I can't help a lot Mm -hmm. and then she like puts her arm around Kane and they're like laughing with each other as they walk away so sweet it's so cute yeah 
That's good. That's good. Ooh. So then Nynaeve is like thinking about like, wow, Forsaken. Okay. Like that's, that's a wrinkle. And but she wants to know what, because when she saw Mogedian, Mogedian mm-hmm. was looking at something. And so Mo- Nynaeve wants to know what that was. Yeah. And so she finds this, like, well, she has to use the searching method again. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees one of the seals for the Dark One's prison, but then she finds this necklace and then two bracelets of jointed black metal and she can't like come close to it when she tries to touch it she feels all these horrible like pain and sorrow and suffering and this is what Mogadin was looking at but first she she thinks she was looking at this um what is basically a seal right yeah yeah the seal in the dark one's prison yeah 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 yeah. and you're just like "Mm, that's not it (laughs) that's not it uh and then she wakes up when she like just as she finds this and figures out what it is and she tells uh or she sees what it is and then she wakes up and she talks to elaine about it right we're back in elaine's pov now yeah back in elaine's pov uh because elaine has woken nynaeve up and they kind of talk about mogedian they talk about all the stuff uh and then because they're able to say this in front of a guillanine they all kind of come to the same real like realization at the same time that it's obviously another sunshine like collar to control someone who can channel, but it's for men. Yeah. Oh. Whew. Um, and then there's and- this like really gross sequence. Oh, uh, I was looking, maybe I'm not there yet. It, it was interesting because Nynaeve is like, I think Mogedian is the only one who knows because otherwise Ooh, yeah. it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, make yeah, yeah, any yeah. sense. So like, right. they're like, the Blagaja don't know what they're looking for. So mm-hmm. if we can go in, get Amathera and the collar and the bracelets and get out, like we win. Yes. Like that's what needs to happen. And right. so they have this kind of interaction. Then there's this like, uh, the, yeah this part is gross yeah there's this commotion that happens outside and they come out and there is the blonde man lying unconscious on the ground and then there's this very gross sequence in which like Bale Doman and Julian or whatever like are just checking out Nynaeve and Aganine who are in their shifts right right and there's like a significant amount of like word count yeah <laughs> like directed towards this inexplicably right. And again, it's like, okay, fine. Like, sure, that could happen. But, like, do we have to have three paragraphs about it? Is that really necessary? Unnecessary, actually. Uh, And so this blonde guy had at one point tried to pickpocket uh, the thief catcher. I'm going to now refuse to say his name because I find it too difficult. Uh, And then Aganian is like, oh, dude, Senshan, you should probably kill him. Right. Right. And Nynaeve, this is where I was like, what? She's like, we're not here to slit Senchan throats. Throw him in the alley. And I'm like, you don't right. you don't want to come up with a more, fine, don't kill him. But like, you're just going to let him go? Yeah, this dude was outside your rooms. Like, Looking what? for a Ganon. If he finds out that you can channel... Sure you're enough. In trouble. Yeah, you're in so much trouble. And like for, of all of the times for her to be like, no, we don't need to kill him. It's like, what? It was so weird. Correct. You do need to kill this guy. Like, yeah, you need to deal with this and not just let him go. Yeah. It was very strange. It was very, yeah. very strange. Um, and that's kind of the big thing, because they don't they like figure out what they want to do, but we don't know what they are what no, they're gonna no. do. 
They make a plan um, that involves the Ganon, apparently. Um, yeah. And there is this whole thing about a Ganon being like, oh, like, Bill Doman, I could hit that. Like, sure. Yeah, okay. And you're like, okay. All right. Fine, I guess. <sighs> and then we're back into reverse. <laughs> With Perrin. This I, is a weird chapter. Right? It is a weird chapter because it's like Perrin is like, on the verge of just like he's like delirious without sleep yeah. right yeah um i feel like this is kind of there just like a few big things that matter yeah like, i can't even like close read this chapter i feel like because <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah it's right? true it's a lot of conversations that go in circles again lots of conversations that go in circles um, there's lots of stuff about like the white cloaks and the Eamons fielders and how they're getting along or not getting along and how they've had so many trollic attacks and they're running out of arrows and yeah, like it's I- it's Perrin basically is frustrated still that he's in charge. Yes, but he recognizes he has to do it, but he hates that he has to do it. Aram is now following him around like a lost puppy, and mm-hmm. his grandparents are not talking to him, and they're also not talking to Perrin. Right. Um. There is somebody comes to somebody comes to the white cloaks asking or they the white cloaks find somebody who is asking for Perrin Golden Eyes. Right. And so Perrin goes to like see this person. We don't know who it is. No. And he just said uh, it's this guy and he's just like, uh, we are coming, sent to tell you we are coming. And then he dies. Mm-hmm. And I have no recollection of who this person is. I don't no. know what it means. And I was like, okay. Yeah, and no. and they don't really know who it is either, and they're just kind of like, "All right, well, let's find out if he had any family, I guess." And yeah. the children are like, "Dark friend, right?" But then they like something's moving on the other side of the barrier in the Westwood, and so uh, ah. they go to look, and this is a nice moment. It's loyal and Gaul come back. It's loyal and Gaul come back, and they say again, "How many attacks in the last seven days?" <laughs> Um, and Loyal is like carrying Gaul whose leg has been hurt because Loyal is the best person on the planet. He outran a bunch of Trollocs and yep. a Murdral to uh, carrying Gaul to bring him all the way back to the Two Rivers from the Waygate. Like, get like, that. Oh, the you're best. a medal. <laughs> like, the, the actual best. best. Like, 100% the best. And so he he and Gaul tell Perrin that there are like several thousand yeah. Trollocs around. And then Luke comes in and is like, that's not true. There's probably like maybe a thousand. Nothing you uh, can't handle. Nothing you can handle. And what does a, what does a lo- what does an ogier know of Trollocs? <laughs> and Gaul's like, excuse me, hello. I'll <laughs> I here. here. <laughs> right. I also think it was several thousand. I know how to count. <laughs> like what? And then I was- Luke- Sorry, go ahead. Can I just say that there's like Luke like throws this bag Ew, to Perrin, yeah. and it's like full of heads like of Trollocs and probably also Murdral. And apparently he like keeps doing this. He keeps coming back with heads and bags, which is super gross. It's and, super but gross including and fades. And now we know as readers how hard it is to kill yep. a fade. And I was just like, what am I supposed to be understanding from this? Like. Do we think Luke is actually killing them himself? Or like is he like is he in cahoots with Ordeeth? Because we know Ordeeth can kill a fade. Or is like that how strong Luke is, but he's playing this kind of like oafish, arrogant character, but is really more intense than that? Like, I don't know. I I found it all very like, what am I supposed to be taking from this? Yeah, I mean, and then he says, like, how many days have you spent in the Blight Isle? I have spent many. 
perhaps it was more snarl than smile. Many believe what you wish, Golden Eyes. The endless days will bring what they bring as they always have. And you're yeah, like, the fuck does shady that mean? AF. <laughs> like, what? Who are you? Well, we're, we'll get to that. Yep, yep. Uh, and so Fael finally is like, you need to sleep. <laughs> you, we are going to your room and you are going to get naked and you are going to go to sleep. Which is literally what she tells him in so many words. <laughs> but he doesn't in follow instructions. He gets into the bed. He takes off his shoes. And he's like, he I just know. takes his boots off. I'll go into the dream world to count Trollocs. Because that's apparently a thing that you can do. <laughs> yeah. So he goes into the wolf dream, which he has avoided, I think, since uh, yes. his last interaction with Slayer. And he sees... He's like in there and he sees these three windows open in the sky. Yeah, this is intense. Which is wild. This is this felt very like Egwene getting into Teleran Rio mm-hmm. for the first time to me. So like in one, Egwene is standing among a bunch of women and she's scared, and the women all kneel around her. And I think I remember what this means, oh, but I, I don't want to say anything. I definitely remember what it is. Uh, <laughs> then in the second, Matt is standing and he's like naked and bound, and there's like a spear. That spear is holding his arms back, and he has the like fox head medallion around his neck. That one I don't remember. Uh, and then there's what who Perrin thinks is Rand uh, but he's wearing rags and a cloak and he has a bandage over his eyes and then they all the like the windows close and they're gone uh, and then it's it's very reminiscent of those moments that Egwene had where we were getting pieces of what could be prophetic things yeah but we don't there's no context and so we don't know what it means yeah um, and so he goes around and counts and there are several thousand Trollocs yep which so he figures Luke. out from how many fires there are. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees that there's a fairy, which he's surprised by because, like, why wouldn't they burn the fairy? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. who knows? And then <laughs> he feels Slayer. Yeah, he gets shot at. He gets shot at. And he realizes Slayer's there. And so he is like, okay, I'm not going to play the game with him this time. Well, first we actually get, yeah, he says that, right? Like, we're not going to play that game. Right. He's like, I'm going to just wait here. Let him do whatever. And then we actually see, he like sees Slayer's face full on. And and again, it reminds him of Lan. Mm -hmm. Except, except that in that brief glimpse, Slayer licked his lips twice. His forehead was creased and his eyes darted as they searched. Lamb would not have let his worry show. So yeah. we like know that Slayer is nervous because he's like clearly Perrin is not engaging in, in how Slayer wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And so Perrin has a chance. Yep. Yep. So he manages to get a shot off at, at Slayer and there are these ravens around and they actually warn Slayer just before the arrow hits. So it hits his chest, but not his heart, but he's definitely wounded. And then he disappears. He like fades and disappears from the dream world. And so do the ravens. But then Perrin is like, at least I finished him. And I'm like, <laughs> did you though? Did you? Is that what you think happened? Seems a little early for celebration, bud. Yeah. So he wakes up and uh, everybody like is, you know, yelling downstairs. So he goes down and Viola is like, it has only been an hour. Go back to bed. Yeah. Yes. But like first he wakes up and he thinks he (laughs) he says how to do what he had to do. It would be difficult. He had to be cunning. Only he was not sure he had ever been cunning in his life. (laughs) 
which made me laugh. Uh, and so then he like runs down. And he's like, what's going on down there? Mm-hmm. And someone says it was Lord Luke. He nearly rode down Will and Tell. I don't think he even saw them. He was all hunched over in his saddle like he was hurt and spurring the stallion for all he was worth. Mm-hmm. And Perrin was like, huh. Right. So I shoot Slayer. <laughs> And here's Luke, who doesn't look like Slayer, but who knows? They have, like, a similar smell. And you know what? I didn't think Trollocs existed two years ago. <laughs> but here's, here's I think this is important. So at the top of 887, we get him comparing Slayer to Lan, which has already happened, yeah. and Luke to Rand, which I think is also important. That is, yes, that does seem very important. So, like, and it it does seem weird that, like, this person has two very different appearances, both of which are closely tied to characters we already know. I'm trying I don't to know think. what it means, but it means something. Well, both, and this is, I, this is not anything that I remember, but I'm just remembering what we have read so far, is Lan has family that disappeared yes. in the Blight. Yes. And Rand's father disappeared in the blight uh yes to fight oh that's true but rand also found out recently he has a half brother he doesn't know oh yeah also he has that half brother right right Hmm. 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 questions questions we have questions which will be answered in seven more books Then Fayul yells at Perrin and he's like, did you see Luke leave? And he asks her, like, did he seem injured to you? And she's like, yeah, yeah, there was something going on in his chest. Like, how did you know? And he tells her he dreamed it. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, puts his plan into action. He starts trying to convince me. He's like, Fayul, I need you to go to Camelin. And tell the queen we need reinforcements. She, you're the only one she'll listen to. He's How cunning. How sneaky, Perrin. <laughs> I know. And she's like, it's going to take a long time to get there. And he's like, oh, we can hold out. Yeah. And then he's like, God, I'm not. It's like, I can lie as good as that. <laughs> and then like, he, does okay, lie, he does lie to her about how yes. many Trollocs he saw. Yes. Um, And this was very reminiscent to me of the like, Manetheran story of like the the people who are just holding out for help mm. against the army ooh, of the dark one right ooh. I didn't even think about that but you're right you're right uh, but so he's like trying to convince her like just just get to the ferry and you'll be fine and there's this moment with like Chiad who d- who like doesn't want to go because she's I guess with Gaul who mm-hmm. knows Perrin is also like who knows <laughs> uh, and then Loyal who has been kind of writing in the background which he he's clearly so tired, but he like hears them and he comes over and he's like, File, will you take this to with you to Camlin and gives her his book? Uh and then he says, File suits you. You should fly free like a falcon. She should fly free. Yeah. And then he goes and lies down. And Baron's like, dude, shut up. Like shut up. you're ruining my plan. <laughs> he's like, he's super tired. <laughs> yeah. Pay no attention to anything he says right now. 
And then there's this thing where she's like, I'll go, but you have to marry me first. And oh, I, already, I loved it. We already talked to the women's circle about it, and they said it was fine. And, like, also, how dare you make me ask you to marry you? But, like, also, we're getting married. I know. And then he kisses her because he's like, because at Very first he's like, sweet. no, we have to wait a year. Right. <laughs> Bless him. And then she's like, well, actually, I figured that out already. And then he, yeah. like, just kisses her really, like intensely yeah it's cute it's a nice cute moment but I don't believe for a heartbeat that she actually is going anywhere no I don't either I can't imagine she's actually gonna I like don't remember but I can't imagine she's actually gonna leave him no no um but they have this like exchange of vows and like I liked that his ended he like says it like you know I give you my life my love etc and it's by the time he finished his hands were shaking visibly and then she gives the same uh, vows back to him and it says her hands never trembled at all yeah i was like i love you guys see so they are lovable they can yeah, okay be a great couple yes yes but it is not consistent no i agree with that it's they're written very unevenly absolutely, yeah it's absolutely and it is far more frustration than it is sweetness 100 100 percent. i will say we skipped over it but at the beginning of perrin's wolf dream he has trouble getting the axe to show up again oh he has yeah that whole same like hammer axe thing yeah which yeah, yeah, really yeah. is just a retread of the scene we've seen over and over but I yes. guess it's significant that Jordan put it back in again I don't know I don't know this I feel like these chapters all sort of felt like uh, like we did get new stuff obviously but it was a lot of exposition heavy dialogue and yeah rep- like repetition of themes mm-hmm. we have seen before and so it was a little bit of a slog to get through. I'm I'm looking forward to these last five because you're right, Jordan. Yeah, does everything's tend to be gonna like, happen. <laughs> nothing, and then all. Of so, <laughs> looking forward to something happening and figuring out if we're gonna what we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna read a new spring next either way, but because that'll be the last five chapters of the book, right? Right, and then we will go to the show for several weeks. Yes, yes, because the show will be out. It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, and there is, I I know we've been kind of going back and forth about when the episodes will go up, but I think probably Saturday at noon after the show feels like when they will go live. Okay, yeah, something like that. Probably mostly on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, okay. So, uh, right. Let's do the outro. You can keep an eye out for future episodes every other Wednesday while we're still bo- doing book stuff. So, really, that's just one more every other Wednesday. And then mm-hmm. we go into the show. Uh, but, at uh, yeah. And then the shows will air on Saturdays for the most part uh, for the TV recap episodes. And then we will do something with New Spring TBD. Uh yeah, that first your the the first day the show airs, the first three episodes of the television show are airing all on November nineteenth. Yes. And so you will get three episodes of Tarvalin or Bust <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. Just preparing everybody. <laughs> like, just so you know. Heard <laughs> <Burn> yourselves. <laughs> uh and okay, you can join in the conversation uh on Twitter with hashtag Tarvalin or Bust, or we do our episodes, our episode posts on Patreon are public, so anybody can kind of participate and comment. You don't have to be a patron. A patron? <laughs> a patron? <laughs> Uh, but we do have Patreon only posts like our new spring poll, etc. 
And to that end, thank you to our Patreon supporters, Janae H., Jennifer P., Peace Vulcan, Rio Well, Christina G., Chaitali S., Charlie E., Arcade, Stephen S., James, Barry Q., Ruth A., Catherine, Support Your Local Library, Sam S., David U., Amy R., Meridim, Mimi K., Amanda, Mark D., Heather J, Christina M, Malia H, Keith, Cirrus G, Olivia K, Joshua S, Nicholas E, Michelle S, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, MJ, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. <laughs> hey, thank you all so much. <laughs> Every time we get a new patron, I'm like, oh my god. I know. <laughs> it is really nice, y'all, to see those come in and to see so many of you stick around. Yeah. You're not tired of us yet. Okay. I know. We we appreciate that because we're always like, who is listening to this? <laughs> um, you can join if you would like the party over at patreon.com slash tar or bust. And a big thank you goes out to Brian Dunn, our fellow Wheel of Time fan, a musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at BrianDunnMusic.net, and that's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. And if you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other people find the show, and we really appreciate it, like really a lot. It makes us feel so good. Yeah, the most. We appreciate it the most. Uh, oh, you can find us, right. Okay, yes, you can find <laughs> me <laughs> on basically every social media platform at Run With Skizzers. That's S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. And also, I just had a big announcement. Yeah, you did. Which is that I am writing an original speeder. Speeder. <laughs> <laughs> actually listen all the way through just to hear us mess this like, stuff this up. Like, so bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> an original Spider-Man trilogy for Disney uh, starring Peter Parker when he's 16 years old. The first book is called Spider-Man Social Dilemma. Uh, and there was like a big cover reveal over at Nerdist.com. So you can check that out. Uh, and yeah, it's not available for pre-order yet, but it will be soon, I hope. I hope y'all understand how big of a deal this is for Preeti because oh. Spider-Man is her other trash son. And it, he is. He <laughs> is. Peter Parker is absolutely my trash disaster son. It's like he and Matt are, I feel like, two sides of the same coin in that Peter's like the wholesome kind version. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. I don't know. That made sense in my head. But yeah, no. I'm very, very excited. I've been working on this book in secret since March 2019. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And I'm very, very thrilled to be able to like actually tell people that I wrote it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> very okay, excited. Very proud. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And this episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. Goodbye. Goodbye.